0: Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. No matter what time of day it is, no matter where you are, I'm just honored that you would take time uh, out of your schedule to sit down and listen to what God has been doing in our church and the direction that he is leading us. And this morning, I'm so excited because we are finishing up a journey that we have been on as a church. The fact is, I hope, I desperately hope that you have been changed. I've been hoping to hear stories of what God has done in your life in response to prayer, in response to you committing to spend time in prayer. And I've only heard one story, and I'm not in any way suggesting that that's the only number of stories that need to be heard. But I've only had one shared with me, and I can't wait to share that story with you in a moment. In response to that, it really would be easy for me to get discouraged. And here's what I mean. Give me just a brief moment to be vulnerable. Life is hard. You know that to be true. Even if you do life the right way, it's hard. I have a wife that loves Jesus, and thank God she loves me too. And my three children, they love Jesus. And if nothing else was true about my life, I'm a blessed man. But we still have to get up and face the world, don't we? Face other people, most of whom drive us a little crazy. Many, if not most, of those people, they don't love Jesus. Which means it complicates things. Which is why I'm so thankful I can pray. I can bring all of that stuff to Jesus. And God has been so good to me. He's been so good to me. Prayer these last four weeks has become more personal. God has encouraged me. I believe with all my heart that I trust him more today than I did four weeks ago. Which is what I'm hoping you're experiencing as well. That's my deepest desire. I hope that you're experiencing what I am God has been so good, church. He is so good, and he wants for you and I to have an amazing life full of his presence and to be full of his blessings. But those blessings, they are not freebies. They aren't random surprise gifts. The greatest of all God's blessings come as a result of choices that you and I make. And those choices are almost always on the other side of our fears. Can I say that one more time? God's blessings are not freebies. They aren't random surprise gifts. The greatest of all blessings come as a result of choices that you and I make. And those choices are almost always on the other side of our fears. That's one of the major benefits of prayer. When you spend time in in the presence of God, when you pour out your heart, and when you open yourself up to what he has to say to you, you increase your prayer muscle. When your faith grows, fear loses its grip on your life. And fear keeps us from experiencing a thousand blessings from God. Fear looks at human resources, human answers, and it keeps us from saying yes to God's resources And the answers that only he can provide. Church, I want you to write this question down. And I hope that you revisit it often. It's simply this. What blessings am I missing out on because I'm allowing fear to dictate the choices God puts in front of me? You see, fear is the great enemy of your relationship to God. Do you know what a governor is? Not the head of the state, (laughs) but a governor in regards to a vehicle. It's an electronic device that is installed on most vehicles that are purchased today. That governor controls the top speed of your vehicle. It keeps your vehicle from achieving speeds that are possible by limiting the capacity of your engine. That's what a governor does. It limits your capacity. Fear is a self-inflicted governor that limits what is truly possible in your life. And before I go on, let me remind you of something. As your pastor, I truly believe that it's my job to comfort the afflicted. But it's also my job to afflict the comfortable because here's what I truly believe about most Christians most are too comfortable most play it too safe and the beauty of prayer is that the more time you spend doing it and you're in it the less fear controls and limits your life God's voice grows and because of that you have more courage Prayer releases spiritual power that removes those things that govern your life, that which is keeping you from experiencing God's hand, his presence, and his power in your life. And so today, I want us to look at the difference between first-hand experiences and second-hand experiences. The first is filled with wonderful experiences, stories that you can't wait to share with others whatever God has been doing in your life that's a firsthand experience and when you have that happen when God shows up and when he does something that is unexpected or cannot be explained by human reasoning you can't explain it away as I did this therefore I have this going on in my life when you experience that type of thing you just want to tell the world (laughs) if you're a part of our church it's the Brad and Lisa story. It is so fun to be around them. It is so fun to hear how, how their life has been so much different since they, since they met each other and got married. Before, it was painful. Lonely. After, oh, it smiles and joys in experiencing one of God's most incredible blessings here on planet Earth relationship they're experiencing a first hand blessing hearing their story is great but listen hearing it is experiencing a secondhand blessing their story encourages you it can't help but encourage you cause you to have a smile but the greatest of the blessing is theirs do you see the difference For example, it's like reading a book, like The Circle Maker. It's filled with stories of God answering prayer. It's one of my favorite stories by one of my favorite authors because Mark Batterson is wonderful at filling his books with stories of how God has showed up and done amazing things in the lives of other people. And because of that, those stories encourage me to pray and believe for miracles in my own life. But until I experience those miracles myself... It's only a second-hand blessing. God wants to fill our lives. God wants to do for you and for me things that will allow us to experience both firsthand and second-hand blessings. And church, I want to challenge you this morning because it would be very easy to settle for second-hand blessings, but there's so much more. There's so much more that you can experience if you are compelled to do whatever it takes to experience God firsthand in your life. Fortunately for us, there's a verse in the Bible that shows us what God desires. It's a wonderful verse, let me share it with you. It's found in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says this, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe That God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him Hmm. what a wonderful verse and there are several key words in this verse and and before before I want to share with you one of those powerful words can I encourage you to do this mark this verse up in your Bible Highlight it, asterisk, mark, or underline phrases or words, or the whole thing that speak to you. Meditate on it, think about it all the time until it has your attention. Because here's what I believe. Do you know what a mature Christian looks like? Hebrews eleven six. If you don't want to settle for for just getting by in your relationship with the Lord if you want all that God has for you then you need to wrap your mind around this verse and allow this verse to compel and change your behavior because it will so this word it is impossible to please God without faith. Say that word out loud. Impossible. Say it again. Impossible. Sounds a little daunting, doesn't it? Sounds a little like Mount Everest. (laughs) Impossible. That word is so significant because impossible, (laughs) hold on, This is why I went to college, to be able to share this information with you. Impossible means it's not possible. Did you get it? Impossible means it is not possible. And here's what we learned from this verse. You cannot please God without faith. If you want to be, uh, please God, faith is required. What's required? Faith. That's right. Don't miss that. Many of us have a disease. It's called being a people pleaser. Hmm. I had that disease till someone broke me of it. Never lose the desire to please God pleasing people you can lose that pleasing God make that your life's ambition what does God want what does God expect what does God desire what pleases him Hebrews eleven six makes it clear faith so what does it mean to have faith glad you asked look at verse 1 faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So let me give you my own definition. Faith is hoping for something and believing it enough to act upon it, especially without first-hand experience to support your decision. Do you see it? Permit me to give it to you one more time. Faith is hoping for something and believing it enough to act upon it, especially without first hand experience to support your decision. If you are like me, you love to hear stories about the powerful God we serve. But here's the problem information alone, don't miss this, information alone is not sufficient enough to create courage. Simply said, Information doesn't create courage. I can receive much information designed to assure me that God's power is sufficient. But information alone does not transform the human heart and character. In order for a transformation to take place, certain actions and experiences are required. (laughs) Remember the first time you used a vending machine? I remember as a, as a child standing in front of one, and I, I had my money with me, ready to tap into the resources that were on the other side of the glass. But I also remember thinking, this makes no sense. <laughs> I'm giving my machine, or I'm giving my money to a machine, trusting that I'm going to get something in return. The only reason I trusted that machine is because of secondhand information. Someone else before me put their money in, and now they're walking away drinking a Coke. <laughs> now it's time for me to put faith in the machine. Church, the consequences are much higher with God, and what He is asking from us is so much more than pocket change. But listen, God desires for us to please Him with faith. To seek him with all of our heart and today god is calling every one of us to no longer be satisfied with second-hand experiences and second-hand blessings he wants us to experience it for ourselves for it to be real to you and i let me show you turn in your bibles to matthew chapter 14 This is probably a very familiar story to you. Unless you're a brand new Christian or you're just searching and, and uh, you're not yet familiar with things that, that the rest of, of, that someone who has walked with Jesus for, for a long time might uh, know and understand. Uh, f- this story is an amazing story. And if you're hearing it for the first time, I'm glad that I get to share this, this moment with you. But Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, listen to these words. Immediately after this, About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Just pause for just one moment. I don't know what storms are going on in your life. I don't know what deep waters you are in. And it's dark and perhaps lonely. And there are things outside your present circumstance, things that are drawing you in, and those things have the potential to bring fear in your life. In moments like that, God says, look at my son. And listen to what he has to say. Because he says, don't be afraid. Why? Take courage. And here's why. I am here is so beautiful it is so beautiful because jesus every day of our lives and maybe even every moment of our lives especially when the, we're in those tough and difficult moments where fear might be the one thing that we run to and we allow to to control our emotions we never should because it's in those moments that jesus you ever you ever done this with the child <laughs> takes your face and and pulls him in and, and causes you to be eye to eye with him. And he says, don't be afraid. Take courage. You are not alone. I am here. Those are such beautiful words. And I love the beautiful response of one of the men in the boat. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? It's such a beautiful picture. The very thing that he was afraid of just moments before, he is walking towards. It's so beautiful. His circumstances didn't change except for this. Jesus is with him. It's so good. Verse 30, But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he insisted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area, and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. Church, God has so much that he wants you and I to experience. And for those who do experience God's best, and then they tell the story, the rest of us get excited, and we should. We should tell the story, and we should get excited, because the same God who did that in their lives is the same God who can do something in ours. It certainly encourages us, because we learn what God can do. But learning what God can do from someone else's story is not nearly as satisfying as experiencing God's story yourself. Let me explain. Watch what happens in the story. There's this storm happening, and all the disciples are in a boat. Matthew writes that they were in trouble. Then, to complicate matters, they see what looks like a ghost coming to them on the water. They freak out. I can understand, especially given their situation. Big waves, strong winds for several hours. But Jesus. You see it? But Jesus speaks. And he speaks courage. Pay attention to the voice of God. It matters more than your surroundings. What Jesus has to say should speak to your fears and increase your faith. One of the disciples did hear Jesus, and he pleased God. Remember Hebrews eleven six, 6? He pleased God because he got up out of the boat and walked on the water. He saw Jesus walking on the water, so he believed he could too. I love it. <laughs> Learn the lesson. Let me say it this way. It is always the right decision to do whatever you can to get closer to Jesus. So Peter did exactly that. And imagine how this moment changed Peter's life forever. When facing other situations, he could draw courage by reminding himself of this experience. He personally stepped into the water and it was ground. (laughs) How cool is that? How amazing is the miracle? How amazing is the experience? And when he was sinking, all that was necessary was for Jesus to grab him. Church, get closer to Jesus. Keep your eyes on him, and if necessary, grab him and hold on. I love that. Get closer to Jesus, keep your eyes on him, and if necessary, grab him and hold on. Peter experienced walking on the water himself. He did watch someone else, and then he had to experience it himself. I love it. Fact is, Jesus invites us today to walk in the water with him. All the time. Anytime we have an invitation from God that requires faith, a new level of trust, we must decide if we're going to put our feet in the water and please God, or completely miss out on a first-hand experience and hear the story from someone else. Just picture the other 11 disciples. Fact is, I really don't understand why no one else jumped ship. I would have. They were there, but their experience is radically different than Peter's. They watch rather than walk. (laughs) I love a good story. But I would rather it be mine. No, I have a story to tell you today. I have permission to tell, and I won't use names. But several weeks ago, I met with someone who asked about what the church needs, what it's lacking to go to the next level. And so we talked about several things, but eventually the conversation turned to finances. And the question was, well, how much are we short? At the time, I was still working through our budget, so I didn't have a specific answer. But here is how I answered his question. If everyone were obedient with the biblical tithe, we would have everything we need. I believe that with all my heart. It simply comes down to faith. Do you believe that God will keep His promise. God promised that he would open storehouses and pour out blessings in our life if we would just trust him with the 10%. These are his words, not mine. Malachi 3, verse 10. That's what a tithe is, 10% of your income. I've been doing it for over 40 years and God has never let me down. So I suggested that this person pray and then simply listen to God to be obedient with what he says. I received a phone call this week. person told me how God answered his prayer God said don't tithe (laughs) give beyond so he said yes now why do I tell you that story it's not about the amount of the tithe that has nothing to do with the story If you're thinking about that, you're missing the point. It's about the attitude of the heart. In a relationship with God, it means that you must learn how to trust him. Faith is required. You got to have faith. A mature Christian learns to ask God for help when making significant decisions. And no matter how God guides, you follow his lead. From a human point of view, moving to Missoula and planning this church, Leaving behind everything we had in Sioux Falls is the most audacious, crazy, ridiculous, some might even say insane thing we could do. We knew no one here. I will tell you that I am closer to God. I hear him speak. He trusts me with thoughts that are not my own. He has provided you, the church. What would we have missed out if we had chosen not to respond to God in faith? What would we have missed out on? I think it would be the same thing that Peter would have missed out on if he didn't get out of the boat being closer to his Savior. Of all the blessings that God could give us in our life, everything pales in comparison to a close relationship with the Father. It is amazing, it is beautiful. Picture Peter, Jesus grabbing him and pulling him out of the waves, and then them walking together back to the boat. I would not want to be one of those 11 disciples. I want to be Peter. I finished this morning with a quote from John Wesley. Listen to what he has to say. It is so powerful. He says, give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not a straw, whether they be clergymen or laymen, such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. God does nothing but in an answer to prayer. Get close to Jesus. Keep your eyes on Him. And if necessary, (laughs) grab Him and hold on. What is God asking of you? What is deep water for you? faith is required to step out of the boat. Pray, seek the face of Jesus, and if He's saying, come on out. I know that first step is a hard one. But you're one step closer to me. Whatever that might mean. God wants you and I to experience firsthand Blessings and firsthand experiences in our relationship with Him. And when you start experiencing that kind of thing, second hand is never good enough. Let's chase after those kind of experiences. Father, <laughs> I I am so thankful for your presence in my life to walk with you day by day to share moments every morning opening your word and hearing what it is that you have for me to hear that day following your lead whatever that might look like, whether it's a conversation, whether it's making a phone call, whether it's stepping into a situation that I believe you're putting me in, but I have no idea how it's going to work itself out. It's like every moment of the day learning what it's like to deposit money in a vending machine because I have no idea what is going to come out. But my response, what you desire from each one of us, is simply to trust you with the results. Learning how to live our lives in that way, Father, that's the greatest adventure we could ever be on. And so call us out of the boat. And give us the courage to face our fears and say, not today. (laughs) You will not determine today what I do especially in this moment. May faith rise up in us and cause us to have those kinds of experiences that we get to tell others about, and it will encourage them to look for the same type of experiences in their own life. Thank you, Father, for being such a wonderful friend. And thank you for the deep waters and the storms. But more importantly, thanks for being there with me through them. I love you. Amen. I'm so glad you shared this moment with me today. If there is something that has encouraged you, I would encourage you to uh, maybe put it in a comment there on, on the YouTube video or on Facebook, or you can direct message me and I will certainly reply back to you. Uh, it truly is an honor to know that uh, you're checking in and participating with us uh, these past few weeks. Thank you so much for sharing this moment with me. Have a great day.